It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. David Harrison and Chris Russell coming to you live, Locked On Commanders podcast in Ashburn, Virginia at the Innova Sports Performance Center or the Innova Sports Performance Center, depending on how you've heard it. I've heard it both ways, but we're going to be talking about today's OTA practice here on a bonus episode of Locked On Commanders podcast happening right now. Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, and we are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, which many of you are watching right now with us live. We appreciate all of you, Commanders fans, for coming through here with us, and we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view every single day. I'm David Harrison, covering your Washington Commanders Sports Illustrated's fan nation, my co-host sitting right next to me unlike usual, uh, the rooster, Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst show on the Team 980. You can find he and Pete Medhurst Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime along with the show on the Odyssey app when we're not here or we're not there. We're on Twitter. I'm at dharrison82. Chris is at russellmania621. And the show is at LO Commanders. We are coming to you live again from the Innova Sports Performance Center in Ashburn, Virginia. Thanks to our friends over at Built Bar who have dropped the best built Granola bar, the best granola bar you're ever going to taste. Just like the built bar, just like the built puffs. They've got some amazing flavors. We've got peanut butter chocolate, we've got peanut or uh, coconut chocolate, and we've got white chocolate berry. Uh, these things got 150 calories, 15 grams of protein, four grams of sugar. That's what you're going to get in a built granola bar. So head over to built.com right now, get yourself some or a mix box to try them all. Use the promo code LOCK15 when you do, and you'll get 15% off of that order. Again, that's 15% off using the promo code LOCK15 at built.com. Chris, we are here. It's week two of the OTAs for the Washington Commanders. Uh, fifth practice in the book, second practice open to the media. Um, we got a question last week after my my observations that I dropped about the difference between this year's practices and last year's practice as far as tempo and feel on the field. But really, this is year three for Ron Rivera. You've been here before Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. You've obviously been here since Ron Rivera. So, so give the good people a feel of what the differences is are here year three and with the Washington Commanders. You know, I, I would say if you're comparing the Mike Shanahan, Jay Gruden, and Ron Rivera errors, the ones that I've covered, and actually I covered Jim Zorn for a year as well. Um, you know, I, I would say these practices, and maybe this is a result of the coaching staff. Maybe I think it's more a result of the NFLPA and the restrictions that teams now face in terms of practice time and wanting to take care of their athletes. David, I would say it's a little bit crisper. I would say it's a little bit more up tempo than I'm. I've seen at times over the. Uh, again, the many years that I've been around, I haven't been at every practice, but I've been at most of the practices. So I would say it's a little bit crisper, a little bit more up-tempo. You know, you do have the music playing for the first part of practice during individual uh, period, uh, which is not only stretching, but also where you individually work with your group. 
even though they call it individuals, it's really group work. The point of the matter is it's a more lighter tempo. But then when you get into team drills, you know, 11 on 11 and stuff like that, it's time to go to work. And they do it at a pretty crisp pace. I wouldn't say it's absurd pace or anything like that, but it's a pretty crisp pace. Yeah, absolutely. And I would say that, you know, obviously this is so this is my first year, my second year covering the commanders with you here on the show and then with Sports Illustrated, my eighth year in the NFL or covering the NFL, not in the NFL, but covering the NFL. And I will say that, you know, the the, the feeling exactly. So the feeling at practice, it is, it's very businesslike, but it's also a little bit relaxed. It's a nice little blend of, of the two of enjoying yourself, but also getting down to business and doing things. And I like that method. We know a lot of coaches, you know, some of them just like to have fun all day. Every day, Sean McVay seems to be a very high energy kind of let's have fun and enjoy uh, the day type of guy, whereas you have some others like, you know, the Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick's of the world that I imagine. Uh, no smiling, no laughing, no high-fiving. This isn't supposed to be fun. This is all business every single day. But I'll say from last week to this week, uh, you know, just in that short period of time, it's only been a, uh, literally a week and maybe three practices or so from the last time we saw them. But this does seem like a better, a, a more cohesive unit. They do seem like they're operating a little bit more. You look at the trenches, the offensive line, the defensive line. They do seem to be working a little bit more in tandem with each other. I think that's a positive sign moving forward. Not saying we need to to schedule any parade routes yet. You know what I mean? We don't need to get crazy with it, Uh, but they definitely are looking like a cohesive unit uh, as of right now. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, We'll have our full thoughts on both the offense and the defense in episodes that we'll be dropping individually over the next 24-ish plus hours before the week uh, is out, David. But, you know, in general, again, with both of us here, you know, there were a couple of highlight moments on both sides of the ball. Nothing that you go, like you said, plan your championship parade stuff with. But, uh, you know, Jahan Dotson is off to a really good start. We're going to get in more into him. Sam Howell looking fairly sharp. Another interception for Carson Wentz that type of thing. Danny Johnson with a near pick, Kendall Fuller with a pick. The bottom line is, is, you know, there were some good things. There were some not so good things. We also got to hear from Ron Rivera and Chase Young. And I thought that was kind of an interesting component. Of course, you were here, like you said, last week. Uh, I was not. uh, And Chase has not spoke really uh, outside of an interview or two with you, right? right, right. Uh, and and maybe one or two other assorted interviews with, with other media outlets. Yeah. He really hasn't spoken since his yeah. knee injury. Yeah, no, absolutely not. So it was good to hear from him. Um, but first we heard from Ron Rivera. That was the first right. guy up at the podium, as as is expected. The head coach comes up, talks to the media uh, very first. And, and something that you made a note of and that, that I appreciated too or enjoyed is he mentioned trying to open up the playbook a little bit and talking yeah. about quarterback Carson Wentz. And that's something – uh, that here on the Locked On Commanders podcast, we're not alone. So, you know, everybody basically covering or talking about the Commanders is, has noted that even with the the quote-unquote baggage that Carson Wentz is bringing here to Washington, that his talent level and his arm talent as a quarterback is definitely an increase or an improvement over what we saw last year with Taylor Heineke and what Ron is hoping to see. And I think, honestly, what we're starting to see almost a little bit already mm-hmm. is, a, is a further expansion of the playbook. Now that they don't have that playbook already designed, just being able to install it and actually use it on game day. Yeah, I mean, he actually said, I don't have the direct quote in front of me, uh, but he actually said it basically they now have access to the playbook that they didn't have. Right. I mean, so listen, we can, you know, we can be nice and we can be um, all, for lack of a better term, uh, you know, David, non offensive to Taylor Heineke and just say, well, look, you know, there's not much of a difference. Be- listen, they think there's a big difference. Okay. I mean, that's them. That, I mean, they've made that clear, okay? Otherwise, right. you don't make that trade. Right. You don't do what you did to secure him, and you you just 
all you do is plug the tape in and we get to watch again a couple of practices here and there we'll get to see more obviously as training camp goes along and so mm-hmm. on and so forth but they now have the ability to stretch the field and the question becomes is how how successful will they be at it, especially when Terry McLaurin is here? But also, what does that do for the other parts of the offense? Does it open up the shorter, more horizontal passing game, as Scott Turner has mentioned, horizontal passing game in the in the past? Does it open up the run game? Does it make the run yeah. game even more effective? Can you do different things? Because theoretically, teams now are scared or should be at least Maybe not scared to death, but at least partially scared to death because of what Carson Wentz can do to hurt them. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all about maximizing the weapons, right? Jahan Dotson, we've already seen, and and this isn't giving away any trade secrets, right? We've seen screens, you've seen tunnel screens, you've seen uh, end arounds, you've seen some reverses, some misdirection, not just with Jahan, but with Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel, all these, even Brian Robinson Jr. getting Mm -hmm. in uh, to the action a little bit. So it really allows you to do a lot of other things. And we kind of mentioned on this show as well covering all four parts of the field. Yep. And I don't know if that makes sense to every football mind out there, but, you know, again, you've got your short, intermediate, deep. Everybody already knows about those, but then you talk about the game from behind the line of scrimmage, being able to throw a pass one or two yards, maybe even behind the line of scrimmage and turn mm-hmm. it into a 5-10, 15-yard game, maybe a touchdown. We saw one of those oh, no. uh, kind of earlier today. Um, he also talked about winning. What is winning? Um, I don't know who the joker is that asked that question, Chris, but uh, he was asked, what does winning mean? And and uh, can I get into that w- with what Coach said to that answer? Yeah, I mean, he was asked, how do you define success? And he just said at first winning, and then he went into a longer, more elaborate answer. Uh, well, how do you define success? I mean, uh, we've won seven games in each of the last two years. Yes, they backed magic carpet ride their way into a division title and a close playoff loss uh, to the eventual Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But winning is the only way this team can, you know, define again success. It's not putting up 4,800 passing yards. It's not Carson Wentz throwing, you know, for 35 to 40 touchdowns. It's not Antonio Gibson winning, uh, you know, player of the week awards. It's not Chase Young coming back and having 14 sacks and winning defensive play. None of that stuff matters. Ultimately, what matters, David, at this point, year three of a regime, with seven wins and seven wins, and yes, even though a division title, again, we all know right. you have to take that with a grain of salt. With seven wins and seven wins and the upgrade they've made at quarterback and the talent they have elsewhere, winning is the only thing that can define success. So Ron is absolutely right. And winning to me, I don't know about you, does not mean eight games. Right. And it, I don't even know if it means nine, but I'll take uh, it. I'll take it if that's my only option. But winning to me, if you tell me winning, I think 10. Plus. Yeah, I mean, you got you to at least hit nine, right? You got to yeah. be over 500. Like, period. You have to be over 500 to consider yourself a winning ball club. And then after that, it's it's how much winning can you do. And I think I think to your point uh, with with the, the disappointment from last year, right? you go from seven wins and granted, again, you backed in the playoffs, division title. Ron even said we're playing with house money. So you have the seven wins. The expectations, I mean, again, we talked about this already. Dan Orlovsky said, you know, top four team in the NFC. We were predicting playoffs, potential, you know, NFC competition uh, against the likes of Brady and all that. But you fall short of that. Not only do you fall short of it, but you fall way short of it. So you can't just come in and in, in year three go from seven to nine and say, see, look, guys, we're, we're on track because nine wins – Maybe you can live with nine wins towards the end of the season, especially given the injuries, if you're being competitive, right? You can live with nine wins as a fan base, as media, and all that stuff without trying to get too critical. 
but you fall short of that by two alone. And then you need, so now you need even more. I think it's kind of, it's like every F, every F you get on a report card, you need two A's to make it up. Well, they haven't had any Fs. They've had, you know, maybe a C plus and then maybe probably a C minus, I think last year, maybe a D plus if I'm being too nice. So this year you need that B plus, which I think is fair uh, as a 10 win season. We also heard from Chase Young, uh, the man of the hour. Everybody, you know, wasn't in uh, Pat. Well, not nobody's in the past. Wasn't in a helmet in front of us or a jersey or anything like that. Did some stuff on the side, obviously, in private. Uh, but we did get to talk to him. What do you think about what Chase said? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things that jumped out. He refused to give a timeline, really any timeline. But I wouldn't expect Chase Young to be in practice until the start of training camp. And even then, I think there's a question about whether he'll be on the physically unable to perform list to start camp. This is just me, my opinion, my sense, my feel based on what Ron has said, based on what Chase has said, based on the fact that he's of course not participating on the field in OTAs. Mm -hmm. He, he did mention, look, I'm running, uh, I'm squatting a quote, substantial amount of weight, (laughs) you know? I mean, listen, I've squatted a substantial amount of weight before boys and girls, I probably haven't done what Chase Young has done. So, I mean, I I don't know how you would define substantial. I mean, maybe he's squatting five bills. I have no idea. But he wouldn't be – he wasn't willing to tell us. But, um, I I mean, he appears to be doing okay. He appears to be, you know, moving around. You know, I'd love to see him do some sort of something so we could get a real close look on him. But it doesn't look like we're going to do that. He wasn't even out here for the first hour and 20 minutes or so of the workout, even in individuals. So, you know, that was a little bit disappointing, if I got to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, I think, you know, if we want to play Ben for the doubt, Right, get benefit of the out chase. Probably doing you know some stretching, some working out inside, seeing the docs. You know, maybe getting some treatment on that knee uh, coming out. Well, the two knees really because he had to have surgery on one to help fix the other. Right. So you know, but then which was an out. interesting kind of perspective. Yeah, no, absolutely. Right? Especially in the, I mean, just the way yeah. the medical world uh, kind of works. But then when he did come on the field, I mean, immediately as soon as, as soon as yeah. he got on the field, you could feel the energy. You could feel him on the sideline talking to his teammates. He mentioned how he kind of likes to to go over with his teammates and and the David Bottas of the world and all that stuff and say, hey, like you did this on this right, maybe mm-hmm. try this. Or just kind of what he's seeing. Uh, saw him talking to Carson Wentz, you know, for a period of time there, which is interesting because usually defense and offense don't mingle on on these on these types of days. But you see two leaders, you assume probably two team captains uh, coming up for 2022, kind of talking to each other. You like seeing kind of that bonding and um, and then just for him, his own development. I mean, again, he's he's a captain on the team. He's kind of the face. You see him on a lot of posters, so it's kind of easy to forget. He's a he's a third year player. He's a third year player, but he's a third year player. With a lot to prove. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and I'm, I'm not trying to be a jerk. Uh, you know, of course, coming back from the injury is going to be something that we have to temper our expectations. Right. But he's got a lot to prove. Nope. He's always been really, really good about the outward public expression, leadership, team mm-hmm. stuff, rah-rah, shish type stuff. I mean, you remember what happened with Taylor Heine- Heineke, you know, in the playoff <laughs> game and all that stuff. He was yeah. good with yeah. Alex. I mean, I, I remember one of the first games I saw him in his NFL career in Cleveland. Uh, I was there after he got hurt initially and we thought maybe he was going to be lost for a significant amount of time. Mm -hmm. David, he was on the sideline. He was ranting and raving. He was yelling at officials. He was patting guys back. He was going up to, I forget who the quarterback was at that time uh, for that particular game, but but whoever it was, he was, I mean, he is very good at that stuff. And I think being here is much more important than people want to allow it to be. Absolutely. No. And he kind of he kind of acknowledged that as well. And, and the last thing I want to say about Chase before we wrap up uh, this bonus episode here, um, he was asked a great question. I was actually going to ask it myself, but it was the mic was on the other side of the room. And fortunately for everybody involved, because I think it's a great question. I got asked. Uh, Chase Young comes from Ohio State. 
Nick Bosa comes from Ohio State. Mm -hmm. They were teammates one year after the other in the NFL draft. Yep. Nick Bosa tears his ACL in, in year two uh, after winning defensive rookie of the year in year one, comes mm -hmm. back in year three, has a monster season. 49ers pick up his fifth-year option. His future looks very bright with the 49ers. Now Chase is basically following in those almost exact same footsteps. Um, a little bit different because, again, Chase's production, while he has been healthy, has not been right. quite as good as Nick's. But you kind of have that similar thing. You say he talked to Nick. Nick gave him a lot of good advice, uh, kept his spirits up. So really hoping for maybe that Nick Bosa bounce back here in year three because the team has a very big decision to make in 2023 on Chase Young's fifth-year option. Yeah, the other thing that I would quickly say about that is Nick Bosa's injury happened, what, week two of, of his yeah, second early, season, whereas early. Chase, you know, of course, a little bit later in the, the Buccaneers win. Uh, so, you so know, that, yeah, exactly. Something to keep in mind. The timeline is not uh, exactly the same. Uh, we see you guys out there. We appreciate you guys being with us live here from the Inova Sports Performance Center. Again, we want to thank you for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and your first view if you're watching live or if you watch us regularly on YouTube, special shout out to our friends at Bet Online for making this episode possible. Again, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find out all the latest odds, sports developments, including the basketball finals, which begin on Thursday night. Golden State and Boston, who you got, baby? Who are you putting some Boston. change down? Ooh, Boston, huh? Not going with the Splash Brothers. Hmm. You can get some pretty decent odds on that at Bet Online. Plus, Major League Baseball scores the fight and the chase for the cup fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Maybe you want to put something down on Carson Wentz over under on the touchdown passes. Perhaps. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, live betting to the playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today and use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. I bet online where the game starts. Now make your second listen or view the Locked On NFL podcast schedule may be dark, but the NFL never stops. Trust me, it never does. And neither does Locked On NFL get insights and opinion from hosts like Ross Jackson, Chris Carter, and Tony Wiggins, plus local Locked On NFL hosts, that would be us, uh, repping all 32 squads. There's no offseason for real fans, so make sure you're subscribed to the Locked On NFL podcast on YouTube and wherever you got get your podcast. You want to hop in 301-615-3577, 301-615-3577 on the voicemail line or locked on Washington commanders at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us today, commanders fans, but we have much more content to come. We're going to have a full offensive breakdown, plus the latest developments on Dan Snyder and Roger Goodell being asked, asked to report to Capitol Hill. We'll have that on the next full episode. Be dropping that. Um, on uh, what day is this, David? It's this Wednesday. Is Wednesday. It'll drop tonight. <laughs> we'll yeah, it'll drop, drop Wednesday night. <laughs> my, my brain's a little scrambled. So we'll be dropping that later on Wednesday evening. Make sure you check it out. We're free and available on all platforms. For David Harrison, who's covering the Washington Commanders, Fresside.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst Show. Uh, if you're out and about, please be safe. And don't you dare drive like a maniac. And come on back right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.